0: Welcome to the latest Hammer and Tusk podcast. My name is Mac.
1: And my name is Ren.
0: This time we're doing something a little bit different, a little bit special, a little bit fun. We've got Kane Tietzel with us from Australia, and he's going to tell us about his latest VR project and the lessons they've learned and what they're going to do next and why they got to this point in the first place. Kane, say hi.
2: G'day. How are you?
1: So obviously you're coming to us from...
2: Sydney, Australia.
1: And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into VR?
2: Yeah, okay. Um, I guess I've always been interested in VR. I guess since the early Dactyl Nightmare days, and obviously, you know, got very excited. But then the industry wasn't ready. It went away. I had to get a real job, so you know, worked in you know interactive television, a lot of digital media, video production, bit of game design, and stuff like that. And then, you know, effectively around about a year and a half ago, I tried the Gear VR. I saw Blue, and I think um, Strangers with Patrick Wilson, and I went, that's right, I was meant to be working in VR. So I yeah. just dumped everything I was working on and, um, yeah, started to start VR.
1: Fantastic. So the project that has sort of gotten you on our radar most recently is VR Noir. For those who haven't seen it, you can watch it on gear and cardboard as well?
2: That's correct, Yeah. Yeah, it's just that uh, it was released around about a week and a half ago. We've been working on it for uh, sort of a six to nine months. Um, it, uh, it's always those last few weeks that are the toughest ones to pull together. But it's a it's a ten to fifteen minute um, interactive um, uh, interactive crime drama, and uh, with, with what we're calling interactive cinematic VR, with the idea that it's it's more like a HBO TV series where it's more of a lean back experience but there are moments where you take control um and become the character and uh you know sort of help dictate the outcome of the of the experience
1: yeah there's a fantastic scene in the middle there where uh the main character is observing an apartment complex and you can zoom in on the windows and sort of experience the lives of people in all of these little apartments until she finds the one she's looking for i thought that was fantastic
2: yeah thank you. yeah it's um it's it's we're not trying to reinvent how games are made. I guess we're trying to reinvent how how stories are told in this new space, trying to use more cinematic styles. and yeah, some of those game mechanics are I guess the first stages of what we want to do um, moving forward, but yeah, it's that ability to sort of peer into other people's lives and have some agency over what's going on.
0: Yes,
1: yeah, so I'd love to zero in on that idea that in this medium you can do things with film that we couldn't do before, and that interactivity. So, what is it about that do you think that's so important?
2: Well, I think it's, it's you know we, we we we're expecting high quality um, film production uh, techniques. You know, we watch things like Game of Thrones, and we we expect the story to be um, you know compelling. We know that the visuals need to be really sort of strong and filmic, and um, you know, we, we want to be transported to these other sort of places. And at the moment, I guess, you know, 360 video in its kind of very raw essence doesn't really allow for that. It's mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a shallow representation. So we're trying to bring, I guess, um, different type of film capture techniques to create this more sort of cinematic universes. Um, and I think that's going to be the real bridge between bringing um, broader audiences who you know expect the same kind of quality of film and television, don't necessarily play video games or want to uh, participate in a video game with a controller and and potentially the the cumbersome um, interaction points that that brings, but have something in between to sort of experience something bigger than themselves and to be part of the story, and that's what we're focusing on.
0: You, uh, You talked about 360 video and perhaps the limitations of that medium Uh, Yeah. Where do you see 360 video going? Do you think that's a big part of media consumption for muggles in two years? Do you think it's a stepping (laughs) stone that's going to evaporate? Um, How relevant do you think 360 viewing is to us as an industry, but more importantly to consumers as consumers?
2: I think it's, I think 360 is essential uh, for now, and it is a stepping stone. I think it's going to be one of the most popular, if not the most popular media format of the next couple of years. And it's a it's a bridge that enables people to get into VR uh, without having to know how to become a 3D animator or to have high-level production techniques. I think we'll see things like the you know the Gear 360 and these portable prosumer and consumer cameras sort of awakening new creative ideas. Um, it'll awaken businesses and, and, and agencies to try new and interesting ways to tell stories. And then, you know, it, it'll there'll be limitations within that and we'll develop new techniques to really maximize that. And then that will then hopefully lead into, you know, light field capture technology or, or using other more traditional techniques to create a 360 environment. So it's essential. Um, uh, It's, it's essential. And, you know, people will question, do question whether it's VR, if it's 360, I think it's 360. If you're looking in a browser, in a page, you know, you have a, another frame of reference around it, but if it's in VR and it feels like you are there, then it's VR 360
0: you launched on the gear and on the uh, with cardboard do you hope to recoup your costs? I mean let's ask some annoying money questions are you are you working <laughs> on a two-year timeline for your business plan are you working on a five-year timeline do you expect to buy your island this month does <laughs> the what is the, uh, what is the <laughs> economics of creating this kind of content look like for you the uh,
2: this this first particular pun was a pilot. So for us, what we're really keen to do is to develop um, episodic content. So we want to tell longer narrative arcs rather than most of our content at the moment is a short, you know, three to five minute experience. It's disposable. Um, we want to create these longer stories where you get involved with the characters, you get involved with the plot, and you want to see how that uh, t- takes place. So this was very much a, a pilot um, episode. We, we learned a lot whilst making this. But the idea is to uh, commission a you know, five to six part series where we can start to tell the larger story over time, release it episodically, um, you know, in the same way that Telltale Games uh, do that with their um, uh, range, of, range of interactive adventures. We, we were going for that sort of type of format. And um, I think that's the real opportunity where, You know, we know film and television studios are wanting to get into VR. They're not sure how to sort of, you know, take their existing business models. So we're trying to create a new episodic business model around things.
0: And so are you going to, you know, get crazy and charge people for your content? This isn't going to be ad supported and all that stuff. You'll sell a subscription to a season's pass?
2: Yeah, that's the idea. This one is free, a VMware is free, but we want to then start, you know, putting a revenue putting a revenue more around the content, um, to see how that goes, to see uh what, you know what the sweet spot is, what people are prepared to pay, you know, what uh, level of expectation they have for the content. But we also want to create experiences that have some level of replayability as well, so you're getting the maximum value out of that investment.
1: So I'm curious about the challenges of creating an interactive story in this way. I know that I looked into writing Choose Your Own Adventure stories, and you had to have, like, 10,000 pages in order to get a 100-page novel out of it, right? So what are the challenges yeah. there in terms of trying to figure out which options the audience is going to be excited by, and how much, how many minutes of footage do you actually end up with?
0: Yeah, phrase another way, how much wasted content do you end up creating, <laughs> do you think?
2: <laughs> uh, w- with this particular piece... Um, it wasn't so much about the branching storylines and how that was going to impact you in maybe five episodes time, mm-hmm. but it was about allowing the user to have some agency in determining how you would behave in the situation and then for the scene or the, the, the other characters to react to to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, in the multipath narrative narrative you experience in Viennoir, Um, it ultimately all leads to the same location. It doesn't change the outcome of what happens, but it changes how you get there and how you participated through that experience. So I think in that sequence, there may be around about nine clips all all told. You only experience three to four. But later on, we want to do multi-part narrative and get sort of more crazy. Yeah, that's a problem yet to be solved. Um, It's potentially easier. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that's an interesting one that'll be solved. Thinking about how we... Create these environments, though I think that was another question. We we tend to plot them out almost like a stage show or, or a theatrical sort of plotting, and that helps us uh, build I guess the elements of the scene and, and how the characters and you're going to play that out.
0: What is uh, what is the VR scene as much as it is? in Sydney-like? Do you have a vibrant community that's been supporting you along the way? Do you have a bunch of developers that you drink beer with and mourn the (laughs) technology? Are you flying solo, an astronaut alone in a strange dimension? What's that like down there?
2: It's, it's we've got a, a thriving community that's growing all the time. I mean, it's smaller just by virtue of the population scale. Uh, you know, if you compare um, you know, North America to Australia, uh, we have smaller cities. But, you know, I, I also run the, the Sydney VR meetup group uh, with with Mark Schramm um, from VR Bits. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have at least 100 to 250 people come along to uh, each particular event, which is really strong. And now there are, you know, rival events that are strung up all around us. Um, you know, there are like three or four just in Sydney alone, different VR and AR events, and that's happening all around the country as well. So it's it's a pretty strong and thriving uh, community, um, and I think we've got different businesses of different size. You've still got lots of sort of two man teams or three man teams, lots of people focusing on 360 video or just game, a lot of game development. Mm-hmm. Um, not many sort of sort of doing what we're doing in between, which is you know offering agency sort of client services as well as delivering you know our own original uh, products to market as well.
1: So, what's the project coming up you're the most excited about? I was looking through <laughs> your website and was really sad to realise most of them were upcoming and I couldn't watch them. it's cool.
2: <laughs> there's um there's an app we've come got coming out called uh, Fractasia, and that mm-hmm. is uh, with Julius Hortus. Uh, he's a, a fantastic fractal artist based out of um uh, amsterdam uh, or okay. holland and uh so that's going to be an amazing fractal app so he's going to continue pump new or uh, publish new content to that
1: what is a fractal app well you
2: probably have if, if you you probably may be familiar with his work without knowing it so um we're talking like a fractal animations that almost look like alien worlds that spin off in forever and you sort of zoom through them it's quite um like a mind trip but also m- meditative as well cool. um I would suggest checking his stuff out. He was uh, one of the early publishers on the, uh, the Oculus store um, in, in uh, you know, publishing his uh, 360 experiences. Um, we've got some other sort of uh, content ideas that we're getting to generate. One's an idea called, a project called Awake. I can't really tell you much about it, but it's a room scale type VR experience that uses a lot of volumetric lighting uh, capture techniques and is, is focused around dreams. And uh, we've got a range of other sort of uh, comedy um, and dramedy ideas we're bringing to market as well.
1: So, how does the swiftness in which the technology is changing mess with your timelines? In terms of a project like VR Noir, if you know the light field volumetric stuff really starts taking over, does that really change what you're working on?
2: The volumetric stuff is still a while away. It's uh, it's it's still a while away for it being practical. I think. Um, certainly doing um if you're stuff we're looking to stuff that you know ai are doing that's available now uh, and we're talking to them about working together on a range of different projects and you know we've got to sort of step into what the technology is available now but also try and push it as hard and as fast as we can um and but the idea that we're going to keep that look and feel and design in for the the length and the duration of a series so and and we're looking to target content for a specific um, device or market as well. So if we take VR Noir, mm-hmm. that's primarily a 360 um, experience, a, a premium 360 experience, so the Gear VR is perfect for that. Whereas it doesn't really translate to the rift or the vibe because you know, once you move your head around, the environment doesn't track to what you're doing. So we're trying to create content specifically for either premium 360 or room scale. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the capture techniques and technology, we want to keep a, an aesthetic along the way. So. Mm-hmm. We want to stay cutting edge, but not get so far ahead ourselves that, you know, um, episode six looks very different to episode one because of the technology's changed.
0: Have you spent much time thinking about bringing holographic narratives into the AR space? Like with kind of work that you're doing, maybe it's interesting if those characters exist in my home or in my office. Is that something you guys think heavily about or is that just a sort of like weird, not relevant line
2: of thought? We, we are really focused on VR. Um, we know AR is going to be important. Um, there's no products really in the marketplace yet for us to develop for, so we're not going to spend much time, I guess, developing for that. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Magic Leap and the HoloLens, but, you know, right now, for us, the real immersion comes from having a headset that transports you somewhere else, and you can only do that when your field of view is completely filled. So, you know, AR will provide... range of new storytelling techniques in the future but it's not there yet and so we're just really trying to make you know vr work as amazingly well as we can um and optimizing for the platforms that are immediately coming out as well
0: i'm out of interesting questions ren you have anything
1: (laughs) no i think this has been a really great conversation is there anything you'd like to add to say to our listeners before we sign off
2: uh i mean we're we're looking to we're setting up uh, we're opening up a, an office in San Francisco or Los Angeles. We're just looking into that now, and we're looking to open office in the UK. Um, so we're we're looking looking forward and uh, to for I guess we're looking for people that have some amazing IP that they want to bring into VR as well. Yeah. We're obviously doing a lot of work ourselves, but if people have got some great, um, you know. Concepts or graphic graphic novels or you know characters they want to bring into VR where we're keen to see how we can explore that with other people as well
0: Uh, Give us a URL leave
2: us with a URL that people can check out so visit startvr.co or VRnoir that's v-r-n-o-i-r dot c-o
1: Awesome, this has been Kane Tetzel
2: My name is Mac
1: and my name is Ren. Thanks for joining us.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you